Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Aloha and welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast with my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcasts. We're so glad you're here. Wear them out. (laughs) Keep them busy. Amen. And, you know, be realistic for what your life is like. If you're not right by a beach, if you're not living on a farm where they can do heavy labor, you just have to embrace what your life is. A lot of the homeschooling um, content was, you know, you should live on the land and then let your kids be farmers. I was like, well, I live on a military base. (laughs) And so what, what can we do instead? Well, hey, friends, I am so excited to share this episode with you. I have my friend Jen McDonald on with me to encourage anyone out there who is solo parenting, whether you are a military spouse, a single mom, maybe your husband just works a lot, or for whatever reason, you're just carrying a lot of the load. And I think most of us go through seasons where we feel that way. So just saying, Um, this conversation is going to be a big encouragement to you. I know I got so much out of it. I hope you can listen to the very end because towards the end, I was like wanting to write down everything Jen was saying, just so many encouraging um, little nuggets of wisdom in there. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. Jen has four grown kids. She's lived it. She knows her stuff. She's a ton of fun to talk to. So this is a fun episode. Now, Jen also is offering to give away two of her books which we forgot to talk about during the episode, but definitely go to show notes to enter to win a copy of her book titled, You Are Not Alone, Encouragement for the Heart of a Military Spouse. Even if you're not a military spouse, I think you'll get a ton out of this book. And so make sure to go over to show notes, which of course are at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And um, also spread the word. If you know someone who is a military spouse, make sure they know about this episode and make sure that they enter to win a copy of the book as well. So guys, I just want to thank you again before we dive in. So many great ratings and reviews have come in recently. I read every one. They're huge encouragement. Here's one that just came in this weekend from Tori Grace, and she titled it Essential for All Boy Moms. Gave me five stars. Thank you, Tori. She says, this is my number one recommendation for podcasts to my mom friends. Monica is so sweet and encouraging. It's just like she's putting her arm around you and guiding you gently. She always refreshes my perspective with joy. And I just want to say thank you. That really is an encouragement to me. That's exactly what I want to do. 
I want to put my arm around each of you, pull you in. We need each other. I need you. You need me. And these ratings and reviews are a great way to just help this podcast get more visibility. The more you have, the more people out there find it somehow, however that works. And then this community of boy moms can just grow so that we can support one another. So I just want to thank you again. Thank you also to so many of you who I know either bought or gifted or received a copy of my book, Boy Mom for Mother's Day. I had like the biggest couple weeks of sales from my book that I've had since the very beginning when it first came out. And it is continuing to really be ranked well in Amazon. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm just really grateful because as a first time author, it means so much to me to see that it is, you know, word of mouth is what's making that book continue to sell. And that just is my heart to encourage as many boy moms out there as I can. And if you have read the book, and you haven't left a review on Amazon, that's another huge help. So if you can take a minute to just hop onto Amazon, click on those stars, basically the same deal over there, but leave a few words about what you love about the book. That helps as well. So guys, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen in. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jen McDonald about solo parenting. Lots of encouragement in here. So I hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Jen, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. It, it took us a while to to get our schedules to line up, but I'm so <laughs> glad we did. Yeah. So, Jen, we have a mutual friend. I'm going to shout her out right here. Our yes. Friend, <laughs> Ju- our friend Judy Huff is just a gem, and we both adore her. And she, years ago, when Jen was living here in Hawaii, my friend Judy was like, oh, you have to meet my friend Jen. She's a writer, too, and she's so much like you, and She's amazing. She has these incredible kids. And so we never, did we meet in person? I don't think we we did. did. I was like, maybe (laughs) we did years ago. I don't think we met in person, but we started emailing. And then Jen shared a blog post on my website. And um, now she moved, of course, away from Hawaii. (laughs) Boo-hoo. But we've stayed in touch. And I have just known she would be such a great person to have on the podcast. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself, Jen. Tell everybody a little about you and your background, and then we're going to dive into some really helpful and encouraging topics. Oh, well, thank you, Monica. It really is an honor to be here, and I appreciate those kind words. (laughs) So I'm Jen, and I have been married for nearly 32 years. It makes me feel very old when I put it that way (laughs) this summer. To my husband, Steve, who is an Air Force veteran, and I met him at his first duty station where I grew up in New Mexico. So he was from Georgia, and then he was stationed there, and I met him at church. So not wholesome. I just think so wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) And so I met him, and we were married two years later. And he retired a couple of years ago after 31 years of service in the Air Force, and we moved all around the world. And we have four children, and they are 28, 26, 24, and 21. And our older two are boys, the younger two are girls. Mm -hmm. And my older three children are all married. And I have a most wonderful grandbaby who just turned three. And that is the funnest thing in the world. Can I just tell you? Uh, (laughs) So we are now retired from the military in South Texas. And he is now in his second career with the company here. And then I have worked from home for about a decade after 20 years of homeschooling. So what else am I, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Yeah. Tell us about your writing. (laughs) Um, well, I have, you know, I've been a freelance writer for a really long time, probably since the mid nineties and then kind of started taking it more seriously at the late nineties. And then 
have worked for different publications and published a book for military spouses in 2016. I'm working on my second book, which, you know, have, writing a book is a lot like having a baby. It is just, <laughs> well, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> but longer. It's, it's a labor painful. of love. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was the title of your first book again? So it's called, you are not alone encouragement for the heart of a military spouse. And it was really born out of years and years of kind of going through some different things and, and, you know, realizing other people needed to hear encouraging because it's really easy to find kind of the negative sometimes about the challenges and, and some, you know, you have to get through it if you're going to make it work. So I wanted to kind of pass on those thoughts to other military spouses. So I wrote that book twice. I wrote it the first time and just realized it was not the format I wanted. And through talks with my publisher, we decided to turn it into basically a 30 day devotional. So it has like a story and then some practical things to do and scriptures and a place to journal. So I had to redo the whole thing. So I really do say I wrote that book twice. So I have been so looking forward to having you on because I think about military spouses so often. And I know this is just what you've walked through, what you've lived and what you now, you know, encourage other, well, I guess that's one more thing to mention is you have a podcast now. So yeah. Mill Spouse Matters, right? Yes. Yes. I yeah. started that a couple of years ago and, you know, it's just so funny how things work out. I think I come at things timidly. I'm not a timid person, but if I don't feel the expertise in something, mm-hmm. I'm sure other people feel this way. I was going to be part of a, another well-established show. I was going to be a segment on it because I didn't know anything about podcasting. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll just get on there and do my little thing. And then we were going, the plan was, and then I would launch out my own show mm-hmm. that kind of all fell through because that show closed oh. and I still felt this calling to do it. And I have this friend of mine that has launched several podcasts and I just called her and I said, help. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. It is such a different beast, isn't it? It is. With the For audience. us writers, we're like podcasting. How do you even begin? No, it's been a huge undertaking for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still content. Yeah. And so I just had to come at it as it's still creating content. And, yeah. you know, it's that whole thing of if you feel like God has called you to do something, you have, mm-hmm. you have to follow through. Yeah. And yeah. so it, I have taken a couple of hiatuses just because of real life and because I do work full time for another company. And I, but I've, I just, it's something that I can't let go of, or maybe it won't let me go. I get notes from spouses all around the world and younger spouses. And so I just do feel this passion to keep sharing and, and putting this out there as as long as I feel like this is something God wants me to do. And yeah. 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 And your topics are so great. We'll, we'll be sure to link to your podcast and everything else, of course, in our show notes, but, um, but the topics are so practical and so helpful. And that's what made me really want to have you on. And for anyone listening, if you're military or not, what Jen talks about is just, there's so much wisdom and so much encouragement and it's not fluffy. It's not, you know, it's, it's real life stuff, but she's able to really give you um, just the help you need to get through the hard seasons. And I know for me, my husband's a physician. He went through medical school and residency. And and though he came home at least, you know, every couple nights during residency, I used to say I felt like a single mom because I felt like parenting was really, you know, mostly up to me because when he was home, he was exhausted. He was drained. He had books to read. And, and so it felt a little bit like a single mom. And I hated saying that because I thought I didn't want to in any way, you know, 
it, it felt insensitive to true single moms mm-hmm. because um, I know I had a spouse there and that eventually we would come out of it. And I think you've said similar things, but man, when you're in the military and you have a spouse who is getting deployed, who's gone for long seasons at a time, that's that's next level. And in some ways it is being a single parent. And in other ways, there's there's even elements that are complicated because you're afraid for your husband's safety. You don't know for sure if he's coming home or when. So can you walk us through a little bit just of your journey with your husband? Because I know you've been through a lot with him. (laughs) Well, I always say, I call it solo parenting because I totally get Mm, what you're saying. It is a lot like single parenting, but it's, it is different because there's an end in sight. So I call it solo parenting Mm. because there's times where where I'm alone and then I get my, (laughs) my other half back to help. I'm sitting here talking with my hands like you can see me. (laughs) (laughs) I do that all the time. (laughs) For me is one of the biggest things, and I don't say this lightly, was the realization that I could not do it all and God's grace was there to fill any any gaps and even things that I didn't realize maybe I was dropping or not doing well. Thank God for that because I just want to lay that foundation because whatever tips I can give, any insight I can give, it just doesn't matter if we're not relying on God's grace to shore us up. And I do really believe that. And I've seen it with my kids and it wasn't that we were perfect or did it all correctly. We certainly did not. And our kids know our faults (laughs) very, very well. Right. Yes, they do. They don't miss anything. (laughs) No, they don't. Darn it. But you know, my kids are all very close to their dad. And so for us, even though he was gone quite a lot, homeschooling was really one of the things that we started homeschooling when my oldest son was, oh, he was about four. So where we lived at the time, the school district was not great. And we were a young family that we could not afford private school. And even if that had been an option for us, we just couldn't afford it. And we just thought, well, we'll do this homeschooling thing and see how it goes. Because he was really smart and kind of advanced. And the reasons we started were not the reasons we kept it up. The reasons we kept it up was because we kept moving. We'd move really short notice. We'd move in the middle of the school year. And then also seeing that relationship with their dad. Because if he was home, he could run home at lunch and do a little game with them or jump on the trampoline with them or sure. play cards yeah. or, you know, as they got older, they played poker. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was a way to connect with their dad that if they'd been off at school, that, that would have been a big loss for all of them. Right. So I, I honestly think that was one of the biggest things for us. It just became our lifestyle. And then when he was off, we could go on vacation on the off season. And we lived in Germany when he went to Afghanistan for a year, for instance. Mm -hmm. And so they have their mid tour leave. And so he had two weeks where he got to come home during the midway point. So six months and we were able to take the kids and we went off to Garmisch in the Alps and went skiing. And, you know, if they had been in school, we just would not have had that flexibility for them to have the time that they could with him when he was able. So yeah, that was a, that was a big thing. Um, yeah. And, and how many deployments has your husband had away from you? I mean, well, or do you even keep count? <laughs> he had three, what you would call long tours. He did two, six months and then one, one year, okay. but then especially probably the last decade of his career, he really was gone more than he was home because of the nature of his job. So when we were in Hawaii, he was at the PACAF level, which is Pacific air forces. So he was always 
traveling to different countries and bases and doing base visits. So he'd be gone, you know, for a week and then come home for two days. And I called it the laundry drop. He'd come oh, in man. long enough to do his laundry and leave again, pack a suitcase right. and leave again. So, right. well, and, and I've heard way of life. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard one other challenge from military spouses, because here in Hawaii, of course, I meet a lot of them is that once they come home, sometimes you've got your little rhythm and your routine going, and then they come home and kind of throw it all off. And not, <laughs> not that you don't want to appreciate them, but you're like, Hey, we've got a system here. Yes. And I, I could see that. Like, I'm thinking that would be really hard for me. Well, and I, I, you kind of, you have a choice. You have to figure out how to do it yourself, whether your spouses, whether I'm talking to wives most likely, but, or husbands who have a active duty spouse, that's their wife that are traveling a lot. You've, you kind of fill in the gap for that other parent. And then when they come home, you, you need to let go because you want your kids to know both of you, but it, you do get very independent. And I'll tell you this, when we lived in Virginia, and my kids were older. This is by this point, both my older two were married, but <laughs> my husband had was nearing the retirement and I just wasn't used to having him around a lot. And we had right. the girls and I, my younger two, had, we, we had gone to Bush Gardens and he said, Hey, give me a call when you're on your way home. Well, I completely forgot. And <laughs> I just forgot because I'm used yeah. to kind of just doing whatever yeah. I'm going to do. Yeah. And so the next morning he, <laughs> you know, this is one of those moments where I could have gone either way. And he said, you know, I really think that was a little bit that was a little bit rude that you didn't even let me know. You know, I was kind of worried and we didn't get home Uh till midnight and he was already asleep. And I said, well, in my defense, I forgot you were here. I kind of forgot like it wasn't even that I forgot to call. I forgot you were here. I forgot you were here. I just he just started laughing because that was so our lives was every week to week. I didn't know where he was going to be or if he was there, I would ask him every week. So what's, what's the deal this week? Where will you be? Will you be here? Will you be traveling? And you know, that's not necessarily the norm, but it became our norm. And I did have to figure out a way to welcome him back into the fold and feel welcome by the family. Totally. Well, and I guess you have to just learn to be very independent in a situation like that, even if you're not maybe naturally that way. But what I would love to do is Now, I know that your kids are pretty much grown now, but through your podcast, and I know you do just, you know, kind of are a natural mentor to the younger military spouses, but I would love to just get practical. And for those listeners who might have a spouse who just travels a lot for work or who is in the military or maybe some single moms that can use some of your practical advice, I'd love to run through just the different stages of raising, especially a boy, raising our kids, but especially the boys who really do need that dad involvement in their life. Um, Are there any things you can recommend for the early years? Like I'm talking toddler to early elementary school years to help fill in when dad's got to be gone. Is there a way you can communicate with the boys and just kind of let them know what's going on? Cause I'm sure it gets a little confusing when they don't understand why is dad gone? Yeah. What, what would you say to those younger moms? Um, yeah. I'm assuming I'm talking to mostly moms here. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things was maybe not when they're super tiny, but just identifying other people in their lives who can kind of be a mentor or somebody they can look up to. And, you know, you have to be cautious, but we had our children in Awanas and sports and, and having other male figures in their lives. If it's the dad that's gone, that was really important. And I think I I'm so thankful the people that God put in our son's lives that they're still in touch with 
coaches and then later on youth group leaders. But when they were younger, it was, you know, Awana's leaders or church teachers or or people like that, or neighbors, just maybe look around and see if, is there somebody that could help with that with your child? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And thank God for technology because probably nowadays, like, you know, dad can FaceTime the kids at least occasionally, even if they're on deployment somewhere and, and can stay in touch in ways that wasn't even possible back when your kids were little, right? Right. One thing I did too, when my boys were young is kind of look around and see, is there a mom that you, that is in your life that you look up to, that you see that they've raised their boys mm-hmm. well. And God just planted a person in my life whose boys happened to be, they were literally 10 years older than both my boys, right? Yep. You know, they were in their teen years. And I remember yep. seeing them at church and thinking, hmm, that is yep. the, that's the relationship I want right there. How do I get that? Yes. And so we this became is exactly friends. what I talk about in Boy Mom. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I did when my boys were little. I just look at those families and be like, okay, tell me everything. I need exactly. to know. <laughs> and, you know, they became special to my boys. They were so sweet to them. And we became really good friends. So they actually live here. And when we moved back, mm-hmm. we reconnected with them and, Amazing. It's just so funny to to see the differences, you know, and how the quote kids are. There none of them are kids anymore. But I I don't think she even realized how much that meant to me at that right. time. But it really, really did. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. I get so excited about what Jen is talking about and this topic of really looking to those who have gone before us to gain wisdom from their experience is so much of my heart and it makes me want to remind you that it's been a couple weeks since I made a big announcement here and in case you missed it or never got around to clicking on the link in my show notes, I want to make sure you know that there is still a sign up form if you want to be first to know when my brand new course on raising teens and tweens of character opens up. So you can find the link in show notes. You can also just go directly to the sign up page, which is at monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash academy. And really this course is um, something I created because I've heard from so many people who have read Boy Mom and they read the chapter on character and they email or message me and they're like, you know, could I get a little more help on this thing of character? Do you have some resources? Can you share more of, you know, what you did to raise sons of character? Well, it's all going to be in the course. I'm so excited. I'm still working on it. It's not completed yet, but as soon as it is, those people on the list will be first to hear. And we will be limiting numbers for this first group because um, I'm just going to want to keep it a little smaller, get some feedback from that group so that I can launch it again in the future. So be sure to put your name there if you want to be able to be in the beta group this summer. Okay. So I will get back to the conversation with Jen. I think you're going to love everything she has to say here at the end. Enjoy. And I, I would say beware of, there's a lot of good stuff online, but, but not maybe beware, be aware of who are you getting advice from? Cause sure. there are some popular blogs or speakers, and then you go and look at their bio or whatever, and their oldest is six and yeah. be really careful <laughs> about taking that advice because it's very hypothetical at that point. It might all sound great. These systems yeah. or, you uh-huh. know, I have this great schedule or this one sure way to get your kid to da, 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 but they don't have, they haven't finished yet. And so right. you have no idea what is the outcome going to be. So yeah. I think it's so important. So like what you're doing, your boys are older, you know, you listen to somebody that's the proof is in the pudding. And again, it's not perfection, but that it's working out and it's the kind of relationship you would want to have because we're, these are men in the making here, these right. boys, yes. what do we you have to project forward and think about 
what do you want it to look like later? You don't want it to be where they resent you or yeah, <laughs> that you no, don't I love talk. That. Yeah. So you have to think forward. And a lot of that is, I, I mentioned this to you before, and it sounds really cheesy. And it, I believe it was an article I read about quote, tying heartstrings with your children. And for some reason it just stuck out to me. And it was like yeah. all the little things you do as the day goes by, you know, washing dishes together or doing laundry or taking a walk or schooling or whatever it is, riding in the car, take those opportunities to tie your children's heartstrings to yours because then those are really hard to break later on. And and it's having fun, being positive. It. It's not always an authoritarian view of parenting yes. where it's just top down all the time and right. kind of having that mutual respect for each other and really listening no. to kids. And yeah. I love that, that sometimes it happens in the everyday things. It's not necessarily, you know, let's plan a date, but you're, you might just be riding in the car, but with a little intention, with a little like, you know, forward thinking, oh, I'm going to turn this into a moment. It may be an everyday moment, but you can have a conversation, sing a song, play a game, get them to giggle and make that moment where you are tying the heartstrings. I love that term. I've heard it before <laughs> and I totally love it as well. I want to know if, um, I, I don't know if your husband was deployed at all when your sons were little, but any advice for um, just helping them to understand when dad has to be away? I know, um, you know, some kids, even if dad's just traveling, but the boys just long for dad, yeah. just communicating with them. I guess I'm a big fan of just talking very openly and honestly, you know, daddy has to be away. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. any advice on just communicating with those boys that just want daddy around? It's so hard because they don't get it. Uh, thankfully today there's so much more technology than there yeah. than there was when my children are younger so if you're able to do video chat or call mm -hmm. you know if they're in a location that you're able to do that you're very blessed yes. there were locations where my husband was where we we got to talk to him on the phone once a week or every two weeks if if possible oh. uh, and there was no video chat at yeah. his last one so I think being realistic like you said but if they're in a dangerous location, you have to be really careful how much you share because they'll take on that worry. Yeah. Um, I just, Aww. you know, I think writing letters, one thing we did was, especially when we couldn't communicate a lot, or if they're just really missing their dad, th they would sit and write down what they had done and mm -hmm. save it up for him to read when he got back or for him to hear about later in the day, because especially one of my kids had a little pad of paper. They, they're like, oh, I want to tell dad this. And I'd be like, write it down, you know, because you think you're going to forget goodness. Yeah. And so they have this little log of, of all the so things, you know, how kids are, you know, kids are, when they get on the phone, they'll just be like, uh, <laughs> totally. you know, super awkward. Yes. but it would give them that little prompt of, oh, uh, here, I have all these things that I've been saying. I want to tell my dad. So oh, I don't know if that I helps. Love it. That, but... it totally does. You know, nothing makes me cry faster than just yesterday. My son, my 16 year old walked up to me and I'm like totally engrossed in something. And he goes here, mom, I know it'll make you cry. And I thought, here we go. And of course, it was one of those videos you come across on social media of a dad coming home with all of his military garb on and the son is like in a boxing class or something. It was mm -hmm. the cutest thing. You guys have to find this. Yeah. If I can find it, I'm going to link to it in show notes. But the boy had like the blinders on. He was boxing with a coach. Oh, I've and then seen his that dad one. Moved in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then his he heard his dad's voice. And all of a sudden, like his dad kept saying, calling the boy's name. And then the boy recognized dad's voice and he ripped off his little eye cover. Yeah. And yeah, I immediately was a mess. And I'm like, yeah. nothing can make me cry faster than to see military parents come home and surprise their kids. And it's so, yeah. yeah and, and a lot of times they're waiting for that because they see that sort of thing. So 
there might be an expectation there of something exciting like that. And that's rough if it doesn't happen. Oh yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) My husband did come back one time and surprised the kids. They were in a, we were in a charter school where we homeschooled four days a week and they went to a classes on a Monday and he did surprise our younger two once with that. That's the only time that happened. Um, Oh, I but see I, what you're saying though, how that can, that it's kind of like with, you know, these days when kids go to a dance and they have to make a big deal about asking someone to the dance. I mean, my boys haven't done that, but I see it online yeah. or proposals, you know, wedding proposals, how, um, engagements, I guess I, I've never really thought about that. How now kids might be expecting that. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and my no was 12 when Steve first went to Iraq. And so one thing I noticed with him, so this is a little older than little kids, but kind of moving towards that mid, you know, that tween age, Mm -hmm. he was trying to protect me Mm -hmm. and we had, you know, not every send off is a big group of people like what you see in the media. Sometimes it's just, you're taking them to the airport and they're going, you know, onesies, twosies, you know, they're just meeting up with their unit or going on their own to fill a billet. It's always changing. And so we had taken him at that point, one third of their unit was leaving. We were stationed in North Dakota. And so they, a third of them were leaving to go to Baghdad and it was, you know, not a good place to be going. This is some years ago. And we, Matthew just, there really wasn't a lot of reaction and it kind of surprised me. Well, then later on I found him and he was kind of curled up in, in a ball in his room and oh. really upset. And he had, he's like, Oh, I didn't want you to, he was upset that I found him crying because he was trying to make me less sad. And so I think one of the biggest things is whether it's a military family or they're just missing their dad, let them know it's okay to let you know. Sometimes as the boys are getting older, they want to protect you as as the other parent. And so, yeah, Yeah. just letting them know that it's okay to be honest and to tell you how they're really feeling. And I, I, it might've been our friend, Judy, that said this, the facing forward conversations where you're in the car or you're on a walk or you're on a bike ride where they don't have to sit and have that intensity. I know. They're contact, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll yeah. open up a lot more. They they'll just, do. that's the perfect time to they just do. kind of check in, see yes, how they're doing. Go for a walk. Their concerns or is there a misconception that they have, you know, that they're, that they are, may have some belief because they've seen something on the news or, or they're worried about their parent. But, and, you know, especially right now, I don't know when this is coming oh, out yes. with, with the coronavirus, you know, kids yeah, yeah. have thoughts that you don't even realize uh-huh. that aren't true and so you good. won't know it unless you try to draw it out of them. Yes. So you just keep trying. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I remember reading in one of your uh, posts, which I will link to in our show notes, um, a letter you wrote to your son, which maybe it's a good time to share about your son. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of military. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He decided to go into the Air Force as well, which kind of surprised us. This is your second son, is that this right? This is our oldest son. Your yes. oldest. Okay. Okay. Yes. So he's been in so for five years now, and I was kind of shocked <laughs> that he decided yeah. to do that. Yes. And, but he, you know, it's a life he's always known, and right. he's done really well. Mm-hmm. But he, de- he deployed last year. That was rough. That was mm-hmm. rough. He left for a six month deployment and, you know, I'd been through it for years and I thought I got this, I can do yeah, this. But it's and, different with your own ooh, son, right? It's different when it's your child because oh, you met boy. them as a baby. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I yeah, met my no. husband, he was already in uniform mm-hmm. and I, he you was know, a my, man. Son is little, my little baby, it doesn't yeah. matter how old they get. And... Oh, your, yeah. Your letter to him made me cry. And that <laughs> oh. picture, everyone's going to have to go over and read it because that picture you included 
you know, what a mom sees when her son goes and, you know, the little boy in the camo. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, like, that's so oh, And that's just... not my son. That's a picture somebody right. else. Yeah, but, but I, I, ha- I do have a photo of him. I'll have to try to find it to see if I can uh, give it, let you use it. It's yeah. him. He's wearing his dad's uniform when he was a little boy, and he. Oh, yeah. so I think they all do that, but it it is you have to let go again, and I think this is just a recurring again. theme with yeah. any of your kids growing up. But your boys, they're you can't control it all. You want to keep them safe. You want to make sure they're okay, and yeah, especially in a place where they're where somebody wants to do them harm. It's just yeah. Okay, so, so then yeah. this, this brings us, though, to that it, you talked about your son at 12 years old, and I think that's an important age to cover for the for the moms who are doing most of the parenting, solo parenting, we'll call it, yeah. um, and dad's not around, and now they're hitting adolescence, and I think what you touched on before is probably going to be the key here, but you can add anything, um, finding role models, finding other men that can speak into their life, uh, anything else you'd recommend for the moms who are trying to do it on their own here, and and dad's away and they've got a son who's, you know, hitting the tweens and teenagers. Yeah. Wear them out. <laughs> Keep <laughs> yes. them busy. Amen. <laughs> and, you know, be realistic for what your life is like. If yeah. you're not right by a beach, if you're not living on a farm where they can do heavy labor, you just have to embrace what your life is. Yeah. And this was a, a pitfall of the... I didn't fall into it, thankfully, when my kids were about that age. A lot of the homeschooling... um content was, you know, you should live on the land and then let your kids be farmers. I was like, well, I live on a military base. (laughs) And so what what can we do instead? And so we did do a lot of team sports. We Mm -hmm. did a lot of hiking. It just depended on where we lived. When we lived in Hawaii, we went to the beach all the time. Um, we, we did a lot of things outdoors. We let the boys kind of pursue what they wanted to do. Our second one is a drummer. He really got into playing the drums, which is a huge racket, but it kept him really it happy is, and busy. Yeah. Wears them out. <laughs> it does. And so I think it's just have a wholesome pursuit that can physically tire them out. And I Love feel it. like that alleviates probably 80% of any problems. And yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm overstating that, but it, no, if I they 100% have... agree with you. Yeah. They have Whether dad's around or not yes. at that age, that is a key to life. <laughs> and just giving them something positive to pursue. That's a wholesome, you know, whether it's being really involved with their church, with youth, all those things. Mm-hmm. And also giving them opportunities for leadership as they're growing up where it's not all here, you need to do this, 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 and this, but ways that they can help lead the family. Like maybe Ask them to say the prayer. I mean, it seems simple, but things where you're recognizing that they're growing up, helping with their siblings. And then as you give more responsibilities, you give more privileges and you yeah. you let them become those young men and not over control, which for me is right. a, a, a tendency. And I had to be very aware of that. Right. But... I want you to speak to that a little <laughs> bit more because I know we before this recording, we've talked about this and I, I love your perspective on kind of that whole thing of letting go and giving them more um, freedom and that process. Tell us how that's looked for you. Well, and I, like, like I said, you know, we were never perfect. We just, I try, I feel like God just let me be aware of things because we were never near family. We were mm-hmm. always on our own and yeah. within the military community. And I, and I think God just gave me the gift of being mindful of where we were in the present moment with our children because it kind of was all on us. And one of the things I would say is it's, you know, as, as your kids grow up, you have, you can have one that you go like, oh, he's the clumsy one, or he's, he's the funny one. Or do you remember that time he did this and it's cute little stories that we tell about our kids, but sometimes we can take a snapshot of our child 
and never let them move beyond that. And it's so unfair. And none of us want to be pigeonholed for the one dumb thing we did, or even though we did it multiple times, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so let there them move some past to it, but let them, yes, give them a chance. <laughs> yes. Let them move past that. Don't expect perfection. I, I did do a lot of work with the homeschooling community, uh, you know, when my children were, I believe my older two were right in the high school years, or mm-hmm. I think our oldest one was about to graduate. And so I did kind of have a front row seat to yeah. some stories about not just, I don't want to say dysfunction, but just, okay. You can say dysfunction. I can say dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, families that were really required a lot of their older children, mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility to the point of cleaning a whole house or you know, doing a lot of childcare, but they were never given privileges that went along with that. And you can just see the frustration in those young people. And I never wanted to do that to my kids. And like I said, I didn't always do it perfectly, but I thought as as you raise the responsibility, you also raise the privileges. So if they're capable of doing this hard work, then you also let them stay up later or drive the car somewhere alone, you know, whatever it is in your family. Yeah. 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 And just kind of own those consequences within reason because that's part of it. And I do say all the time, letting go was the hard, the single hardest parent part of parenting. Let me say that again. Letting go was the single hardest part of parenting for me, because even yeah. though I knew it needed to happen, it's, it's really difficult because you want your well, kids to stay little and you want them to stay connected to you and they have to grow up. Yes. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that there's something really beautiful and healthy about that. I just had a uh, September McCarthy on recently talking about homeschooling and she has raised 10 or is still raising some of them, but 10 children. And I have said that I love what she shares because I relate so well. It's like the more you love motherhood, the more yeah. you just really enjoy your kids. Right. Of course, it's going to be hard to let go because I think I am currently in like the best season of my life. And who would want to let that go? And it's one thing if you're miserable as a parent, you're like, okay, go, go fly. But I'm like, I could, if I could freeze everything right now, I certainly would. So I think letting go is huge. And and yet there's some moms listening to this whose kids might be a little bit younger. And I think you and I would say to them, it starts now. Like literally from the time I say in my book that an older mom leaned over my shoulder when my firstborn was just a baby and I was just so crazy in love with him. And she yeah. said something along the lines of, you know, your, your job is, from now on is to raise him so that he won't need you anymore. Ugh, and I wanted like, to slap no. her. Because I was like, no, what, why would you ever say that? But my it's baby. true from the, from the moment they're babies, your job is to teach them to be independent so that one day they won't need you. Yeah. And, but I love what you're saying about, um, giving the privileges to, because I'm pretty good at giving my boys responsibilities, but then being able to bless them. And um, I think that does start younger. I just had somebody reach out to me just questioning. She's like, you know, her son was a tween and she was like, you know, I don't know. His friends have more, you know, more privileges than he does, but I don't, I feel like he's not ready. And mm. I just had to tell her, you know, this is about the age where it starts where, yes, you do, you you do want to make wise choices for them. But if they are walking responsibly, if they are doing good things, then by all means, give them those freedoms until the yes. day that they prove they 
aren't worthy of them. If they screw up, pull back the reins. Yes. Take a few steps back. But until, you know, as long as they are proving responsible, continue to give them more freedoms. And it's so hard for us as moms, but it is so important. (laughs) Well, and if they make a mistake, don't hold them hostage to that forever. You, you know, you move on and don't, yeah, that's a hard thing too. You've got to rebuild that trust. And it's, you'd rather have them make that mistake under your roof now Mm -hmm. and deal with it in a healthy manner versus waiting till they're off on their own and go crazy. And then there's no, there's nobody there to guide them. And I've seen that happen too, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. so I would, I would much rather they just screw it up royally (laughs) in a safe place. Absolutely. And and where you too can give them grace and, and let them know. I think it's important that we share with them our stories of messing up our stories of our own when we were their age. That's key too. And being honest is a big thing. Don't pretend like you're perfect. Sharing your stories as appropriate. As appropriate. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And asking forgiveness. You know, if you lose it, you need to tell your kids you're sorry. You, you can't have an atmosphere where everything you do is perfect. It's just not real. And they will see right through that. They know, they know, they know. They they sniff out a hypocrite. (laughs) Oh, that's the truth. Well, and just to speak real briefly to something you said about loving motherhood, I think for those of us, you know, I was a registered nurse before I had our first son. And then I left the workforce. I felt very called to be home. We felt very called that one of us should raise him. And then the ones, other ones that came along. And if that, you know, I just kind of threw myself into that. And then we decided to homeschool, which I would never have thought I would have done that. And if that's your identity, that's a great thing because it's so important. I'm not saying that anything against that at all, because I did it. But as your kids grow older, you have to start planning for the day when, when you've worked yourself out of a job. So what is that going to look like? And I don't know if you've ever heard of Steve Lambert. He's the Mm -hmm. author of the five in a row curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I remember where I was, I was standing on my counter in Germany, uh, you know, packing dishes to, for our next move. And I was listening to, it was a MP3 download, you know, it was this new thing you could do online. And he said these words and Matthew had just applied for college. It was, it was just right around the time when he was about to leave home and he's, and my husband was gone. He was in Afghanistan and Steve Lambert said, if a, how did he say it? If an empty nest is like a train coming at you as a, as a mom, it's like a freight train coming full speed at a homeschooling mom. Mm. And he just said, what are you doing right now to get ready for that? And it just hit me. And that was when I really started Mm -hmm. taking the writing seriously and kind of deciding, you know, what did I want to do next? What would that look like? And started taking some courses online because I had a little bit of more time. So I would just say all of that. It's a great motherhood is a wonderful thing, but we are working ourselves out of a job. Yes. And that's yes. the, that's the beauty and that's the awfulness of it. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I love that. And I think that's been some of my motivation too, is I want to be to the place where I'm loving what I do so that when the kids aren't around though, I'm sure I will shed some tears. At least oh, I'll be will. busy. <laughs> well, I've cried my head off. Don't, don't get me wrong. When he oh, left for yeah. college, I was, we yeah. were leaving Germany. We dropped him off at college in Texas and we were on our way to Hawaii oh. and I was a wreck. Because I knew I wouldn't see him until Christmas, yeah. you know, and here we come out of homeschooling of being together all these years. And all of a sudden I wasn't going to see him for five months or whatever it was. And 
I was. So let's put on another episode where we just talk about that because I think we could talk a lot about that. Launching. Launching. Yeah. We're going to have to, we'll, we'll revisit Mm. that. Well, um, I just love this conversation so much and I I love talking to you. So we're going to make sure everyone who, um, you know, relates to this in any way, tunes into your podcast as well, because you do talk so practically over there. Uh, But before we wrap up, I would love to ask you my three boy mom questions. Okay. Okay. I I keep them pretty tame here. So first of all, I just want to hear one boy mom essential from you, something that you couldn't imagine raising your boys without. (laughs) This is going to sound like a silly answer after all. I love it. A trampoline. <laughs> oh yeah, uh-huh. and I think that just goes back to the whole wearing right. them out. It was a Absolutely. great thing for us to have, yep. and we actually went through three of them because they broke. I was gonna say we just got our second. We had one that got really destroyed, and so I've been so thankful during this whole quarantine period that we have one because my oh, nine-year-old yes. is um, actually all the kids, and the dog has learned to love the trampoline too. Yes. So <laughs> it can get crazy. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> What about, because you've got two, you've got the perfect family, the two boys and the two girls. What Was there a time or a story or something about your boys that has made you look at them and go, wow, I've got boys. I'm a boy mom. Oh, they're just so physically reckless mm-hmm. and without fear. Yeah. And we've, you know, all the broken bones, all the stitches we've moved, we've gotten on planes to move. Like when we moved to Guam, i my older son had his arm in a cast. We moved uh-huh. to Germany and our other one was on crutches because he'd sprained his ankle. So I just was always kind of shocked at how they were, they were willing to sacrifice their bodies to just catch football, you know, or something like that. That is such a good way to put it. <laughs> they are willing. They are I love with it. No, with no hesitation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't yeah. know, not all boys are that way, but mine, boy, yeah. they would just rough house and, and then yeah. they'd, they'd stand up and brush off and then go and watch TV. And I'd be like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I just, I just shared something on, um, on social media during this quarantine period where, you know, the, the boy moms everywhere are just yelling, we can't go to the emergency room today. Please. (laughs) I've had those conversations. I swear if you hurt yourself, I am not taking you to the ER. My (laughs) my favorite response was a mom who said that she adds to that. If you cut yourself, I will be the one to stitch you up. That's like, a good that deterrent. Perfect. My boys would be terrified of me stitching them up. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can I add yeah. one thing to the thing that surprised me? Because this did surprise me. And it, oh, okay. I had a friend with five sons that were a lot older than mine. And she warned me as my oldest was turning about nine. She goes, oh, get ready. And I don't know if you've covered this mm-hmm. before, but she goes, they get so emotional. I went, what? And I was so glad she told me because I wasn't prepared for with the, uh, you know, you hear about girls with the hormonal upheaval. I was not prepared for that with the boys that right. like all of a sudden they'd be blinking back tears at something yep. you said, you'd what, what's wrong? What just happened? Exactly. So yeah. I think that's good. It, that, good <laughs> yeah. That you know, little sometimes. three years where you would wish you could lock them in a closet and not let them out until they turn 12 and come back to their senses or whatever. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's that real. Is good, yes, it is real. It is. And and you don't always know when it's going to come. So it's oh. hormones are a crazy thing. Yeah. Okay. And then I would love to hear one piece of wisdom that if you could speak to a younger Jen, when you're just starting off with your boys, um, what you might say to yourself. Well, I, I feel like I've kind of shared a lot um, mm-hmm. of things that would be good reminders, but I, 
and this is going to sound very cliche, but it the years do just race by. Savor the moments with your boys. They're such little sweethearts. They're so much fun. They're such wonderful people. And remember that they're individuals and they each are growing up in their own way and just sit back and enjoy the beauty of watching them turn into their own people and really, really enjoy because it is going to go by really quickly. Yep. Oh, that's huge. I love it. And some young mom out there is just thinking, nah, <laughs> it's true. Trust I, yeah. When you're wanting to leave them in the grocery store and just flee, you just, uh, you know, just yeah. tell yourself. I love it. Oh, such good advice. Okay. Well, um, before we wrap up, please tell everyone where they can find you if they just want to track you down and follow you right now. So my site is jenmcdonald.net and then I'm on social media in all the places that it's usually jenmcdonald88 or my, um, podcast account is mill spouse matters. That's Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Uh, yeah, a lot on Instagram, it seems to be where I have a lot of engagement. So yeah, yep. just find me there on Twitter or wherever. Awesome. Oh, I love that. Well, I think we, we have many other topics we could cover. So I'd love <laughs> to have you back again. Thanks. But just appreciate your time and your wisdom and your experience and and appreciate just your family serving our country and everything that your husband and your son and you in turn have done to um, help keep us all safe and give us this great country. So thank Thanks you for having me on. I appreciate it. You betcha. God bless and aloha. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And Jen and I actually recorded it a few weeks back in April. And I just found out that May is National Military Appreciation Month in the United States. So what a great time to be sharing this episode. And because of that, I hope you especially think of your friends who uh, are military spouses or in the military themselves. Make sure to share this episode with them. What a great way to make them feel um, appreciated and to encourage them in what they're doing. And also, this is a great time to win a copy of her book, right? So be sure to go to show notes to enter to win a copy of You Are Not Alone, Encouragement for the Heart of a Military Spouse. And if you don't win it, I hope you can buy a couple copies to give to your military spouse friends. Jen is an amazing writer and this book will be such an encouragement to anyone who reads it. So guys, thanks so much for being here, for being part of this community. Please spread the word about this episode and all the others. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. God bless you. And until next time, Aloha. Aloha.